0: off with a a quiz, a Bible quiz. So uh, lots of bragging rights up for grabs, (laughs) okay? I want to know which miracle that Jesus performed is the only miracle in all four of the Gospels apart from the resurrection of Jesus, okay? So I want want some guesses. There are some wrong answers, but... uh, Gonna take a shot, yes, Paul. You, uh, yes, Paul. Paul knows his Bible, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, yeah, well done, eh? Uh, So, it's the five breads and the two fishes that Jesus multiplied to feed thousands of people. So, the Bible said that there were five thousand men, and uh, plus wives, plus families, and children. There could have been many more. So, this, this miracle that Jesus performed was so important, and it was so striking that all four of the Gospels contain it. And the amazing thing is that this miracle that we read about, that we're so familiar with, actually started with one little boy bringing his lunch to Jesus' disciple, Andrew, who brought it to Jesus. And Jesus did this amazing miracle. And so we're going to be putting ourselves into the shoes of this little boy and really asking, what do we have? What, what can we bring to Jesus? And what can he do with it? And I, I really pray that it will stir faith in our hearts to bring what we have and to be living sacrifices. So, so many things this morning have have been very fitting for the message. So, I've, so that brings us to the question. But what do we have? I mean, we. Where do we start? We have we have we've been given life. We've been given uh, opportunities. We have different uh, maybe careers or you're studying, and and so we've got everything. But what do we have to bring to Jesus, and, and how do we make sense of this? So just to start off with uh, categorizing one or two things, let, let's say what we have to bring to Jesus, we can call it time, treasures, and talents, okay? Maybe you've heard the three T's. Um, while I'm busy explaining, you're welcome to put on that scripture, that first scripture, and, and we're going to be reading through one or two things together, So, all of us have been given time, right, 24 hours a day, we we all pretty much have the same amount of time, but what do we have to give to Jesus, Um, and in different seasons of life, the amount of time we have available uh, is is different, and and of course, we bring Jesus into everything we have, but I've been thinking about the, let's call it the spare time, I mean, how do I use that, how do I actually bring that to Jesus, And, and how do I actually place it at his feet? Uh, And a quick testimony, just how how I've seen this uh, being applied in my own life, is I work eight to five jobs, things are quite busy, and I have two little boys and and a family and some extra things on the side, and at one stage, I was feeling, Lord, I feel like I don't have the time to just actually serve and make an impact, and and God encouraged me firstly by that, actually, the way I serve those around my family and how I do my work, those are all things for Him. So that's the one side of it. And, and on the other side, I, I was feeling like, Lord, what spare time do I actually have? What am I actually taking for myself? Which I could I could just ask you, Lord, use this. And I was thinking about my lunch hour. I was like, okay, I have one hour of lunch. Maybe I can just bring this to the Lord. I, I would usually just sort of maybe watch some videos or just waste a bit of time. And there's some time for rest. Don't get me wrong. And, and we need that. But, but again, it's to, to serve the Lord. And God has been just faithful with multiplying, actually, that lunchtime I've, I've, I've been giving to him. Uh, and I would take the time to maybe just worship or write something down or some thoughts that, that could maybe mean something to, to other people. Or maybe get to someone that I'm like, I don't have the time for this and this. And hey but I do. I can give that time. So it's just a practical example of, of the time we can give to Jesus. Right, so... I want us to take note of one or two things in the scripture, so Jesus is lifting up his eyes <laughs> and he's seeing a large crowd that was coming towards him, and Jesus said to Philip, "Where are we to buy bread so that these people may eat Philip oh Jesus said this to test Philip, for he knew himself what he would do, and this was amazing for me. Jesus knew what he was going to do he he knew that he would feed this multitude with a miracle, yet he still asks Philip, and, okay, that's okay, and so Philip, uh, Philip says in the next verse, 200 denarii, and now one denarii is a day's wage, so basically Philip is saying a year's work, I was thinking 200 sounds like without weekends, sort of a year, okay, uh, would not buy enough bread for each of them to get a little, so Philip says, I can't see this working out, I just can't see this happening with my own eyes. Yeah, Jesus knew. Okay, and the next verse, says, One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are they for so many? Next verse, Jesus said, After people sat down, now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down, about 5,000 in number. Okay, so the next verse basically says, He fed them all, and they had enough to eat. And I was considering that Jesus knew in advance what he was going to do, right? He knew he was going to feed everyone. Yet, he only does the miracle when the little boy actually brings his lunch to Jesus. He could have just said, abracadabra, or something, and just everyone has bread, and <laughs> there we go. But, but he, 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 in a sense, waited for, the, for someone to bring something small to him that he could use. And, and what I learned about Jesus there is that he loves to partner with us for some reason. He could just do it all, but he, he loves to partner with faith and with something that we bring to him. And so, what can we bring to him, and what can he do with it? So, we've, we've we've looked at time. Um, let's let's consider treasures for a moment. So, treasure will entail basically just the things we have, the money we have, the uh, stuff we have, and. There's a way to actually bring this to Jesus and actually serve him and use it in a way that he loves it to be used, rather than just using it for our own comfort, to just enrich ourselves, to just hoard, basically. And as I was considering the treasures we have, uh, I I realized that in our Western culture, this is actually, we're actually very individualistic about the things we have and about how we view them, and about it's mine, and uh, we—it w- would be quite a long shot for people to just borrow something to someone else who, who needs it, or, or m- much less to give something. And it's a very Western mindset. And I, I do think, I do believe in, in Justin. We've been learning the values of we share and we have all things in common, and this is the way that Jesus wants us to view our treasures. And so there's a scripture in Acts. Uh, it's the last one I gave there. I want to tell a story while I'm on this point, and this is just an observation I made, and I, I was speaking about Western culture now, but I've been looking at, <laughs> there, there's, there's a communal uh, value that I've been seeing some of, uh, like, African people just have, but I, I was like, I really want to see that in my life as well, and I'll tell you a quick story, uh, they came, I was selling a washing machine, and I was putting it on Marketplace. I'm like, hey, I'm selling a washing machine. We got blessed with one from Marley's uh, Omar, And so I get a few messages. Someone's like, hey, he's going to come pick it up. I'm like, okay, this washing machine. And so when they arrived, they arrived in a quite a slick Mercedes. And uh, I was like, yo, this, I don't know why this person is buying a second hand washing machine. But okay, I have one in my garage, so let's just go with it. And the guy gets out, um, and he checks it out, and we talk price. And it's, uh, I'm like, I don't really want to go very low because, I mean, the car. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, as he as he walks out, he, he, as he drives out, he says, you "Don't don't check me out because of the car. Eh? It's not mine." Eh? I'm like, okay, I actually, did, I didn't notice the car. eh? don't worry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the <But laughs> car, you know, and so next day he says no, he's he's coming to he's coming to get the washing machine yeah, we, we we have a deal and he comes and he comes with his mercedes again and i'm like first of all i don't think this is going to fit in your car okay it's uh, it's like a, maybe a two door or something and he says he tries to fit it into the car which didn't work and then he says no i think i'll go get a bucket okay and so Ten minutes later, he comes with this massive ILOX, brand new iLok, and he just comes, and I'm just like, I suppose this is not your car either, is it? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, No, it's just another it's like, guy's. He just got it. And as he drove away, I, I, I remember thinking, I think they really share things in a way that's so much more. Hey, I'm open. It's not mine. And and that's uh, such a biblical value, as we read in in Acts four. So this is as many many miracles are happening, and the full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul, and no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own, but they had everything in common. The next verse, I will skip a verse about something else, and there was not a needy person among them, for as many as were owners of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold. We can read the whole portion and laid it at the apostles feet and it was distributed to each as any had need thus uh, there's an example of this man joseph who was also called by the apostles barnabas uh, he was a levite a native of cyprus and he sold the field that belonged to him and brought the money and laid it at the apostles feet and th- these are biblical examples of how it looks like to to be open-handed with our treasures and it speaks about bringing it to the apostles and to the leaders and sharing things with one another but essentially they're also bringing it to jesus in that way and actually being much more open-handed with with treasures. and this is a way that the the little boy actually also brought a bit of treasure to jesus he brought his lunch this is what he had and he brought it to jesus and amazing things happened so then finally Things that we can do and the abilities we have, maybe even the experiences we've gained in life, and this would also include spiritual gifts. I'm not going to separately just speak about that, but what things are there that you can do that will actually bless other people or that will actually benefit God's kingdom? And are you willing to at least lay it at His feet and ask, ask, ask Him, Lord, how can I use this? What can I do with this? also as i'm someone who works in the marketplace and i work for a company full-time and I, i see sometimes around me people with amazing abilities i mean they're great leaders or they they are they're really good with this or that they have these skills and i know that some of them are not christians but then i think about they are actually building their lives around these abilities and skills and they're using it for their benefit and works for them but i was thinking how many christians also have these abilities and things that that could really benefit the church so much but are instead really just using it for their own benefit and building their own kingdom so that's a water bottle okay so there are many examples of this and, and it's far and wide and i'll just throw out a few there i mean so band and sound i know you don't want to be put on on the spot but it was just such a good example for me of someone just using some abilities to bless the church and to actually bring it to jesus and to use it for his kingdom other examples would be just if anyone can organize anything you can serve in that way you can organize things maybe in the storeroom there i know everyone's giggling because of the storeroom Um, or or if you're really good with just packing and arranging chairs and and seeing how these things can be done it's something you can bring it's something you can lay at jesus feet and maybe the thought that crosses your mind is that these things are so small i mean how small is it to to maybe serve at the coffee station or to pack chairs and but wasn't the the lunch that the little boy brought also so so small was it not very small and We give him. Now, and I'll think of one example. I'll use it later again. But I was thinking of actually I and you, just coming to bloom, following God, just saying, "Okay, God, I'm, I'm I have this and this. out of my life, and I'm giving this obedience to you." And it might have seemed a small thing for them, like, "Okay, we're not in that town. Now we're going to that town." Maybe it seemed like a big thing as well. But at the time, I'm, I'm sure they did not necessarily see what Jesus was going to do. They did not see. So many people getting saved within this church—not never mind being added um, and being placed in family—but just the growth that Jesus can bring from the small things we bring to Him is amazing. Right, so I want to mention one one other small thing I was just thinking about is praying for other people. If if you, if you really have on your heart to just pray for people and to to hear God and and to to pray into their lives and to encourage even. I want to encourage you to do, to, to do it. Yeah. So let's put up Romans 12, verse 5 to 6. So it was like, thanks, Devil, for like, just giving us an introduction to this. Romans 12 and the gifts and the body. So though, though we, uh, though many, we are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace of God given to us. And I'm going to pause for the next four words because they are strikingly important for us to actually grasp this. The words are, let us use them. Okay, It's so simple, and we might just skip over the let us use them part and go on to the gifts. But sometimes we actually have quite a grasp on the gifts, and we have quite a grasp on what we can do and what we have. But are we actually placing that into action, and are we actually using them? Okay. So I've not ever done this. Can you look to your neighbor (laughs) and tell them, let us use them? Okay. (laughs) 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 All right, so the next thing I want you to say, not to your neighbor, but I want us to, uh, I want you to say to yourself this time, I want want you to say to yourself and God you. I want you to say, Let me use them. Just just for us to to actually say to ourselves, let let me use them. Like let me not go it let it not go to waste. And let me not be so aware of what I can do or can't do, but the things that I can do, let me use them. I mean what if the little boy went, Okay, I have this lunch. This is great. I can eat my lunch. <laughs> okay. The gospels would be missing a very important miracle that Jesus performed simply because he did not use it and he did not use it in the way that Jesus would have wanted it to be used. So then the next point would be actually using these gifts. Talents, time, treasures is not optional if you think about it and if you really go through the Bible. It's it's not a case of, okay, you have been given the, the life Time, the abilities, the spiritual gifts, even, and you know what? God is going like, okay, if you want to use them for me, I mean, that would be really a bonus. I mean, that would be a bonus. Maybe it's for you. You use them, but I don't really expect something in turn. That's not really what I read in the Bible. And I won't go through the through the whole parable. But Jesus tells this parable of the talents, and he distributes. He's the owner of. gives to three servants the one who gives five talents the other two talents to the one who gives one talent you're probably very familiar with the parable but in the end when god in this parable returns the manager returns he expects a return on the things that he's given he's not going like okay first servant i've given you five talents what have you given me in return and if he said nothing he's like okay i mean that's fine I, he goes to the last servant who did not give him anything in return. He calls him a wicked and slothful servant. He had an expectation to get a return on what he gave and on these gifts that he gave. And when we read the Bible, we realize that Jesus is our Savior and and he loves us and he, he showers so much mercy and grace upon us. But Jesus is also our Lord. And once we really accept that, he is my Savior, and I give my life to Him. He's our Lord, and, and He's not a uh, a harsh master or any anything like that, but He is still our Lord, and He's given us, He's entrusted us with things, and He expects us to, to use that for His benefit. Now, I work for a company, and I work from home, and the company, before you start, actually on your first day, they give you the best equipment you can imagine. They give. They gave me the best laptop out there. Right. They gave me, not this one, sorry. It's <laughs> not the best. <laughs> and they gave me screen, a screen. The other company gave two screens, so okay, I'm a bit <laughs> bummed about that. <laughs> they gave me a whole docking station so I can plug 30 things in there if I want. They gave me an allowance to buy myself a chair, a desk, a printer. They gave so much gifts, if you will. And do you agree with me that the company expects me to use it for their benefit, not my own? I mean, how awkward would it be if I take this laptop and I'm like, finally I can game, (laughs) you know, (laughs) on three screens, (laughs) on two now. (laughs) And I mean, it just doesn't, it wouldn't sit well with anyone. Everyone's like, that's just, uh, I don't know what that means. <laughs> so, what? Ridiculous. That's just ridiculous. So they gave me these gifts. They they empowered me to, to do work, but it's for them. And there's a sense that this is actually a picture also of God giving us things and just actually giving us the resources and entrusts us with things to be used for him. And, and he will keep providing because he knows it's it's for him. And I remember when I went on some company trips, even they, they give me this allowance. They're like, yeah, we'll pay, we'll pay for it. <laughs> and that links for me so well with Matthew 6, verse 33. I don't have it there, but seek first the kingdom of God, and these things will be added to you. If we if we use what we have for his advantage, for his benefit, and really lay it at his feet, he will add these things to you because it's, he's invested in the cause we just use it for our own benefits uh, me and my company will run into some problems so you can make the the conclusion yourselves and so there's this catchphrase that it's not for you it's through you that god wants to work and he wants us to to use it in that way so the encouragement is really to be a living sacrifice and to to what we have and to lay it at God's feet and to use it for his benefit and to think how can we use them so this brings us to the final question if you will now that we have this how do we bring it I mean we're considering all the the array of what it can be, how it can look like it can be time, it can be treasures and talents, but how do we bring this and, and how do we actually make this practical in our lives Maybe you're thinking of some abilities you have. Maybe you're thinking of a bit of extra money or you're thinking of some spare time that you've just not considered really giving to God. But how d- how does this look practically for us? We read these things in the Bible, but how does it look for us in Bloom in 2023? And I'll, I'll just mention what the boy did. What did he do? He had this. He wanted to use it. His heart was to, to use this. What did he do? He he brought it to the disciple Andrew, who brought it to Jesus. And I was thinking, what if this boy wanted to use the gifts that he had, the the lunch? And he was kind of like, I really want to help. The, I can see the problem here, many hungry people. I want to help. I have a lunch. One broyki, two broyki, three broikis, four broikis. He would feed seven people a little bit, and 4,993 men would still be <laughs> hungry. But, I, I mean, he used his gifts, right? I mean, he, he used it. It was sacrificial, but it was not efficient. It was not effective. And so the lesson we can take from this is bring it to Jesus. This is how you must use it, and this is just here. It is. I want to bring this to you. And it is significant that he actually didn't bring it directly to Jesus. He brought it to Jesus' leaders, and he knew, in a sense, that this is actually almost the same as bringing it to Jesus himself, because Jesus put disciples probably in place there and say, "Hey, facilitate this, um, these people," and they were they were representing Jesus in in, in a way consistent. We read throughout the Bible, Jesus appointing leaders, elders in, in local churches, and this is the way that we bring what we have. This is the f- most effective way. I mean, I'm sure there are other ways. They're not effective. <laughs> you might feed seven people and not see a miracle. And so I want us to read Second Corinthians 8, verse 3 to 5. So this is Paul writing to the Corinthians, and he's discussing the Macedonians who are so generous. In just their giving. They are poor themselves, but they they give, and they give for the cause in Jerusalem. And so he says to the the Corinthians, For they, the Macedonians, gave according to their means, as I can testify, and beyond their means of their own free will, begging us earnestly for the favor of taking part in the relief of the saints. And this, not as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord. And then, by the will of God, to us. And Paul is saying, these people gave what they have. They were giving. They were sacrificial. They gave it first to the Lord. But it's as if the way that they could do that, they give themselves to the leaders as well. And they give what they have to the leaders, knowing that this will be distributed properly. And I was thinking of a sports team so well for me. If, if you're this individual player in a sports team, everyone knows there's no I in team, right, and that uh, you're not effective if you're just going to, let's, let's take soccer. World Cup was quite recent. Okay, so if you're just going to be dribbling on your own, you're not going to be effective. You're good, but you're not going to be effective. The team might not get the result. And the best way would be to take the advice of the manager or someone who can, who's actually responsible for how everyone's gifts can be put to maximum use i was listening to a testimony of mike davies who's a really good teacher within just jen and he was explaining at one stage how he laid his teaching gift at the feet of andrew who who was leading him at that time still is so he was really going like andrew i know i've got this teaching gift but I'm laying it at your feet, and I'm not going to just try and build my own ministry and pick it up, and maybe I'll become a YouTube preacher and become quite famous or something. He was kind of like, this teaching gift, imagine Mike Davis on YouTube. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and and he was actually saying that by doing that, he was settling, he was okay With the fact that if he was only going to do research and prepare notes for other people, that would be okay with him. And that would be a way of really laying it down at Jesus' feet and not taking it into your own hands. So finally, John chapter 21, verse 20 to 22. We read about Peter and John having this discussion with Jesus Peter turned and saw the disciple, the disciple is John, uh, whom Jesus loved, following them. The one who had been reclining at table close to him and said, Lord, who is it that is going to betray you? So that's John. When Peter saw him, he said to, to Jesus, Lord, what about this man? And just before you go to the next slide, the, the context is that Jesus was saying to Peter, Peter, this is how you're going to die one. With that knowledge, but the point is, Peter was going. Jesus, what about John? You told me now, but what about him? And Jesus replied, "If it is my will that you remain until I come, what is it to you? You follow me." And in this context, it's it's not a case of Jesus. This is what I have, and you know what? I'll, I'll lay it at your feet, but then I want to see this result. Then I wanted to see play out in this way. Well, I can, I can worship, but if I'm going to put my hand up for any kind of worship, I want to know that I'm going to be leading, <laughs> or or I'm, I want to know that this is going to be the result. And that's not the way to, to bring things to Jesus. And what Jesus is saying to Peter is essentially what, what we also need to settle in our hearts, is that however it looks, however it looks, I'm bringing it down for you and jesus says whatever happens what is it to you you follow me you keep bringing it you bring what you have to me and so i want to leave us with that question what is it to you you follow jesus and to to really bring this uh, to jesus and yeah can i pray for us yeah lord i just want to pray lord that we will really from you, Lord, how how to, wh- what these things are, first of all, Lord, in, that, that you've given us, and we want to lay down at your feet, Jesus, and uh, we want to say we, we want to bring our lunch to you, we want to put it at your feet, and we may not see what the end result looks like, Lord, and, and we may not even see the miracles that you may do with it, but we want to bring it to you, Jesus, and, and I pray that you will really, through your spirit, actually, yeah, just um, ignite us in our hearts, Lord, to, to use what we have, Jesus.